Hello, and welcome to Serene Reflections, a podcast of Dharma Talks from the Wallawa Buddhist Temple. I am Rev. Clarissa Beattie, a Zen monk and Buddhist priest from the mountains of Northeast Oregon, where we practice contemplative meditation, the Chan of Bodhidharma, the Zen of Dogen, the Serene Reflection Meditation of Rev. Master G.U. Kennett. You are invited to let yourself grow naturally still, to let go of the world for a while. Join us in listening in sound, in listening in stillness, turning within to listen from the heart that seeks the way. From Awakening to the Mind of the Bodhisattva From Reverend Master Jiyu's translation of the Shushogi The Four Wisdoms Charity, Tenderness, Benevolence and Sympathy are the means we have of helping others and represent the Bodhisattva's aspirations. To behold all beings with the eye of compassion and to speak kindly to them is the meaning of tenderness. If one would understand tenderness, one must speak to others whilst thinking that one loves all living things as if they were one's own children. By praising those who exhibit virtue and feeling sorry for those who do not, our enemies become our friends, and they who are our friends have their friendship strengthened. This is all through the power of tenderness. Whenever one speaks kindly to another, his face brightens and his heart is warmed. If a kind word be spoken in his absence, the impression will be a deep one. Tenderness can have a revolutionary impact upon the mind of man. Among other critters, a wild herd of a dozen or more mule deer dwell here along with us on the temple grounds. This past winter, what with much less human coming and going, they got more and more at ease around the buildings. And while monks and deer are all careful to maintain our proper interspecies distance, we have all grown accustomed to each other. Dwelling 
peacefully with the herd as our near neighbors, one thing I have come to sense, encompassed as regularly as we are in their world, is a kind of gentle ebb and flow to their being. Even when they are not immediately in evidence, the quiet presence of the collective can be felt in this place. This was their home long before we came, and they abide with us now, having seen that we mean them no harm. There's an order to how things are done in the ruminant world. Individuals come into their place in relation to the group, which has a wise matriarch who patiently and steadily passes on what needs to be known. There's a certain amount of whacking out with hooves at the younger and pushier to wait their turn. There's that season of chasing and running from each other, which before long will result in wobbly, spotted fawns popping out and nursing insistently and tugging on our heartstrings. There are crowd panics and painful injuries and even tragic ends from tangling with fencing and the like. Birth and death the stuff of dear existence. And flowing through all of it is this deep, primordial stillness which endures, pervading their current dear form, is something that we too can touch when we let ourselves get still something as close and as vital as breathing. You and I have our human version of this essence available to us, no matter how tough we might think we are or ought to be. While people can be excitable, volatile, self-centered and even mean, there is, beneath all that humanity, a deep, benevolent warmth permeating all that we are. In our hearts, something waits to show itself, given half a chance. A vulnerability, if you like an apparent softness which leads directly to great strength. What is it like to behold all beings with the eye of compassion? It's easy to be friends with people we like and who like us. It's pretty easy to get along with people who think, talk, and look a lot like me. What a real pleasure it is to be around people I admire and trust. 
the challenge in being a human being is in being a friend with whomever I am with. Being a friend with whomever I happen to be with is possible. Beyond just getting along, beyond friendliness, and far beyond glad-handing, what could I do to make it possible to really be a true friend with whomever I meet? Reflect, how am I with people I interact with at random, say, on the phone or in chats, with people who come on to the other end of the line to help me with some sort of business? Am I present with them? Do I remember to thank them for their help? Do I give them the benefit of the doubt or ask them how their day is going or what the weather is like in the part of the world where they are while we wait for some data to load? These strangers are people. What do I offer the others I interact with on a daily basis? How am I with my family, my chosen friends, my colleagues, my sangha, my neighbors? What am I like to be around, to work with, to relax with, to live with, to live next to? What do I appreciate in others as they interact with me? Do I listen? Am I present? Am I honest? Am I kind? Can I see things from their perspective? Is there anything I could do to help lighten the load of living? Living in a monastic community, one of the main things monks learn to work on is how to be with others. Often we don't choose the others we spend the most time around. Reverend Master Daizui, the monk who was the head of our order, used to speak of the key to harmony in the Sangha being the willingness just not to give up on each other. Not giving up on each other is not something we have to do out of exasperation, nor is it something only I must do for everyone else. Sometimes we roll our eyes at our own foibles. Sometimes we roll our eyes at somebody else's foibles. In the meantime, 
The not giving up is an offering we can make to all beings, not just the ones whose company we prefer. And when we can learn to not give up on each other, when we habituate ourselves to accepting others just as they are, we are also habituating ourselves to accepting ourselves. This doesn't mean we flop over and don't clearly and firmly do what is good to do. It does mean that we can be decent in how we go about it. Tenderness is not wishy-washy. It's kind. It's an expression of love, and love can move mountains. And there are times when being kind takes some courage, and some skill, and some careful timing. Times when being kind and doing the right thing at the same time is downright difficult, or takes everything we've got. There are times when it's even plain risky to show our heart. And yet, here we all are. We're all hurtling through space at 67,000 miles an hour, clinging to this rock together for a short space, while it barrels around its axis at another thousand miles an hour. In this moment before me, can I find a small way to help us all out in our brief time here? I mean, life passes as swiftly as a flash of lightning. We don't have the luxury not to try a little tenderness. Is there something I could offer you? Is there some small thing which might help, which might bring you joy? Can I give you something which might be wise and beneficial? In this little sphere I call my life, is there some way in which I might behave, which might take you into account, considering not just what I will get out of it, but what will be the good outcome for everyone, including myself. Reflect for a moment. Is there a place in my life where I could try a little tenderness? Having accustomed myself to such ways of being in the world, now 
How might I come to be good-hearted, not only with my family, my friends, my neighbors, and those who are as yet strangers to me, but also with those I must face who disagree with me, those I do not understand, those who do not wish me well? Remember that Tenderness is one of the four wisdoms. In what way might it be wise and compassionate in this moment to employ some tender-heartedness toward others? Maybe I can listen better when someone is upset for what's really being said. When I am upset, maybe I can start by speaking in clear tones when something needs saying. Maybe I can refrain from saying hurtful words or needlessly pointing out fault. Maybe I can just not put myself up and another down right now. It can be such a gift to bring a person into a discussion and ask their opinion. It can begin to soften my heart towards someone I find difficult, to speak well of them if their name comes up in conversation, when they're not here, to look for some quality to appreciate, even when it's hard to find, to find some common ground, even just that we're both people. Maybe I can ask myself when I'm in a pickle, how might I do this wisely for all concerned? Sometimes tender words are exactly the only thing which will diffuse a tense situation. And sometimes a calm, firm no stops harmful energy in its tracks. By praising those who exhibit virtue and feeling sorry for those who do not, our enemies become our friends, and they who are our friends have their friendship strengthened. This is all through the power of tenderness. This is not to say the work will be easy but there are many skillful ways to live directly from the deep source of kindness within. What works for one person may not fit the bill for another. Truly wise ways of being with others tend to boil down in essence to being true to my heart's wish to cease from doing harm to do only good, to do good for others. When we follow this prompting from within the heart, it can change forever the course of a life until we can't even imagine trying to live any other way. When I was in my teens, I once met a religious man from a faraway land 
who impressed me with the rooted quality of his quiet presence. We were very different from each other in so many ways. We were not of the same faith, not of the same gender or worldview, and our skin was of different colors. He seemed so placid and monastic, and seemed older than God to me at the time, and I was very young and quick and secular. It was my first encounter with a monk. This monk and I were seated next to each other at a festive event in a German village because we spoke the same language. And in the course of our conversation, I quite forwardly asked him if he regretted not having had children. His snow-white eyebrows lifted, his soft eyes full of mild surprise, as he peered out at the oblivious crowd of merry revelers around us and gently said to me, with such great compassion and an all-encompassing sweep of his hand, but these are all my children. And in the glimpse he kindly offered me of that beat of his heart, he was their mother, and we were all his children. How I am with all others reflects very strongly how I am with myself. When we open to working on how we are with others, we bump right into a very clear picture of the work we have to do on the inside. In doing my spiritual work of this lifetime of being a person, I do not have to get it right to go on. I don't have to be socially acceptable to everyone in order to go on, though it does help if I try to get along. I just have to keep going as best I can to not give up on myself and all others. As I go on, no matter what state I find myself in, always I have something to offer. And it's up to me whether I offer it or not. Sometimes that something is tenderness and it is one of the means I have of helping both myself and others. That which waits will wait and wait and wait for me whether I wait or not. When I finally let go 
of clinging to the last little scrap of what I think of as myself, as separate. I will find that none of me was really all that together anyway, and I will be free to merge into what has been holding every bit of me from the very beginning in infinite tenderness until I was ready to see that clearly. That which is does not judge. It waits gently for a heart to melt naturally. It waits within an open heart and clear eyes, loving, knowing all, regarding all beings with the eye of compassion. And eventually, our own inclination to tenderness prompts the milk of human kindness to flow in us and all around us. And that is the power of tenderness. Tenderness has many faces. What does it look like to you? What does tenderness feel like in you? Thank you for joining us in listening to Serene Reflections from the Heart that Seeks the Way. To learn more about this practice, including more about how to meditate, you are invited to visit our website at walawabuddhisttemple.org. Here, in the Kanzayan Shrine of our Meditation Hall, 
we offer the merit of our practice of serene reflection meditation to all beings, including you, wherever you may be.